Mrs. Culture is a school teacher. Her classes are very popular, especially with the boys. That's probably because Mrs. Culture normally wears outfits that would make Kim Kardashian blush. And that takes a lot. She's also known for telling lies in her class, or at least half-truths, which pretty much amount to the same thing. She's also vulgar and swears quite a lot, sometimes three or four times in a single sentence. She encourages her students to break the rules and publicly ridicules the students who don't. That's because Mrs. Culture loves to break the rules herself and to openly ridicule the principal. She's also verbally abusive to everybody and physically abusive to students whenever she can get away with it. So, parents in the congregation and future parents, would you like this woman to be your child's teacher. Well, I got news for you. This woman already is your child's teacher. They say, what's in a name? Well, in this case, everything's in the name. You see, this woman referred to here as Mrs. Culture is actually a personification She's a personification of the culture in which we are currently living. The culture that our young people are being forced to grow up in. Think of the things I told you about her. I said, first of all, that she dresses provocatively. That's a reminder that we live right now in a highly sexualized society in which pretty much anything goes with respect to sex. A society where impure images and ideas are planted into the minds of young people on a daily basis, especially, though not exclusively, on the Internet. I said that she tells lies and half-truths to her students. Reminds me of what a young high school student named Michael Najum used to say to his fellow teenagers just about 25 years ago now. He used to say to them, we are the most lied-to generation ever. And he was right. At the time. But since then, it's only gotten worse. And nowadays, you know, it goes beyond the lies that young people have heard for decades about things like abortion and other moral issues. It includes those, for sure, but it goes much further. Think, for example, of the political atmosphere in our country right now. You probably don't want to think of that, but force yourself to do that for a moment. One day of the week you have two politicians who are calling each other the most vile names imaginable, each saying the other isn't fit for office or fit for life on planet Earth sometimes. The next day they're hugging like two long-lost friends. Well, which is it? What's the truth? Where's the truth? I hope you realize, my brothers and sisters, that kind of hypocrisy sends an implicit message to young people. Implicit, but crystal clear.
says to them, you want to be a success in America today? Well, just lie. Fake it. Do what you have to do. Say what you have to say. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. I said earlier that Mrs. Culture also is really vulgar and swears a lot. If you have any doubts that our culture has become more vulgar and more crude in recent years, just compare the 2016 presidential debates to the Kennedy-Nixon debate of 1960. Go back on YouTube, find a video of that. Compare the presidential debates this year to almost any previous presidential debate. There's a huge difference. Or better yet, watch an action film on cable TV. I started to watch one the other night. I had to turn it off after 10 minutes. I couldn't take it anymore. There were more four-letter words being used in ways that I'd never heard them used before. And I've been in a lot of locker rooms over the years, so I've heard that kind of stuff. People don't stop nowadays because you're a priest. Or just watch a reality show on TV. Notice how the participants interact with one another. Vulgarities abound, normally. And then there's the violence and rebelliousness that young people are exposed to these days. Violence in movies, city riots filmed on live television, attacks on police officers, etc., etc. I need to mention those things, too, because, as you will recall, the last two qualities of Mrs. Culture that I spoke of were her rebellious attitude toward authority and her verbal and physical abuse of her students. My brothers and sisters, this is the cultural atmosphere that our young people are breathing in every single day. That's the bad news. Is there any good news? Is there any hope? Can we do anything about it? Can we do anything to improve the air quality, so to speak, at least for the young people in our care, especially our children and grandchildren, if we have them? Well, the answer, happily, is yes. It is possible to negate, at least to some extent, the negative influence of Mrs. Culture on our youth. We can do that by having a positive influence on them in imitation of Eunice and Lois. And who, Father Ray, are Eunice and Lois? Well, glad you asked. <laughs> to answer that question, we need to go to today's second reading from 2 Timothy 3. There, as we heard a few moments ago, St. Paul says to Timothy, who was a young priest, he says, remain faithful to what you have learned and believed because you know from whom you learned it and that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are capable of giving you wisdom for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness so that the one who belongs to God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Now from what St. Paul says there, it sounds like Timothy was doing pretty well. 
Sounds like he was successfully dealing with Mrs. Culture in his life. Oh yes, I should mention at this point that Mrs. Culture was also around in the first century. Lest we forget, the culture of the Roman Empire back in the first century was not what you would call holy and loving and virtuous. In many ways, it was just as bad as our culture is, just as decadent. In some respects, it was even worse than ours is. But Timothy was handling it pretty well. No doubt because he was doing what St. Paul told him to do in that text. He was remaining faithful to the truth that he had learned from his teachers. Now the interesting thing is, St. Paul doesn't name those teachers explicitly in this passage, but he does allude to them. He says, remain faithful to what you have learned and believed because you know from whom you learned it. To find out who Timothy's teachers were, we need to go back to chapter 1 of this letter. There St. Paul says this, I yearn to see you again, Timothy, recalling your tears, so that I may be filled with joy as I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and that I am confident lives also in you. So there's the answer. It was Lois and Eunice. They taught Timothy, young Timothy, the truth. They taught young Timothy to love the scriptures and to take the word of God seriously. They taught Timothy to recognize and resist the teaching of Mrs. Culture. We need to do the same thing for the Timothys in our lives. Now, practically speaking, that means a couple of things. Number one, first of all, it means that we need to be able to dialogue with our young people about what they're being taught in school. And when I say school, I don't just mean the brick building they go to five days a week from September to June. I'm talking about the school of life, which includes what goes on in that brick building, but also what goes on outside of it. In all those places where Mrs. Culture is doing her thing, is doing her teaching. In other words, we need to be able to talk intelligently with our youth about what's going on in the world and about what's going on in their personal lives. And we need to shine the light of the gospel on those issues, which means we also need to know what we believe as Catholics and why we believe what we believe as Catholics. We have to be informed. It says in that second reading that Timothy knew the scriptures from his infancy. That was not a coincidence. He understood the scriptures because of his teachers, Lois and Eunice. They taught him the truth of God's word. We need to follow that example with the young people in our lives. Now, if you need some help in this regard, and your child happens to be in high school, encourage your child to come to our Thursday night youth group. This is one of the reasons Father Nature and I have that gathering every week. We want to help teens get answers to their questions and their problems. And we want to limit the influence that Mrs. Culture has on their lives. 
Some young people take advantage of it, many do not. Many more need to. Encourage your child or your grandchild to come. You know, we don't have pizza parties with our youth normally. Sometimes we do. But mostly what we do here is we help them to get a handle and a healthy perspective on their lives. A perspective that's rooted in the truth of God's Word. So that's the first thing we need to do. And the second thing we need to do is pray. As today's Gospel enjoins us to do. We need to pray for our young people each and every day of our lives. We need to pray that they will learn to do what Timothy learned to do. Tune out Mrs. Culture and tune in to the truth. So that someday each of them will be what Timothy already is, namely, a saint.